Welcome everybody back for another fun edition of the Rolex Whiskey Passion Project. Uh, I just want to thank you all for listening. The data is looking really good. Please take a moment, give it a couple of ratings. You know, I appreciate all of you for listening. Today's guest, kind of an OG in the space. I mean, I've been around on a decent amount of time, but this gentleman's been around quite an amount of time. Well, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Denver Kramer to the store. Denver, how are you, sir? Why, good, mate. Good. It's good to be in uh, in your fair state. Good weather here. Like, I'm really enjoying wearing shorts again, so that's really nice. No, yeah, yeah, I think, nice, I think nice Tennessee should be good. Tennessee should be good, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a good weather trip. Right. Yeah, yeah. Deborah, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? You want to tell the audience who you are, a little bit of, a little bit of this is who I am? So, I am one of the half that started uh, the glassware company Denver and Lyle. I'm the Denver part, um, and Lyle is the, the Lyle part, and both of us sort of, uh, yeah, in engineering. And yeah, we started that. I actually bought the whole business um, not that long ago, so in March, and Lyle is uh, in New Zealand now. And so, yeah, we're, um, yeah, just uh, cruising along. We've got a um, glassware company. Shall I talk about the company a little bit? Yeah, of course. I'd love them. I mean, you know, everyone should own one, so tell them about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got uh, a glassware company that kind of started from basically nothing. It was meant to be a Christmas present to family and friends and fell into this business, really. Um, and so, yeah, we did this um, whiskey glass around it like an engineering project and then released it um, with the help of uh, Balvenie and Starwood with the research R&D sort of they helped. And what, and what year was that, Dee? What year was that when that happened? That was 2015 when we released it. Jeez, so, so, yeah, it was only meant that to be like glasses. Wow, day two thousand. I mean, because I got in this game around two thousand and sixteen, yeah. and you mean you were already you were already chugging along pretty proficiently. I didn't, I you know, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't actually know that story of the Belvini and Starwood part of it. So that prior to that, I mean, on the engineering, like, what was your whiskey? Was was whiskey in your life before this project? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, culturally, it is in my family. So. It's yeah, it's always been kind of around around me. I wasn't quite massively into it until I sort of got into university. Sort of like more beer, like pretty much like everyone else. But yeah, I sort of started sliding into whiskey when it was like you know whiskey and coke or uh, Jada and co- coke. So and then I started taking the coke away and then added dry ginger ale and then started taking the dry ginger ale away and then started taking away the ice. And so then it just became about the whiskey, and then the quality of the whiskey just generally went up from there. So it was, uh, and then what, like in that in that first in the first forays, because like you know, I grew up in South Africa. We had J and B, Johnny Walker Blue for like you know weddings and bar mitzvahs. Johnny Walker Black, Johnny Walker Red, Shivers, yeah. you know, if you yeah. wanted to like have a different taste, and like Bell. And yes, you know, there wasn't really uh, there wasn't Coke. There was lots of ice. And I was telling someone the other day. If you ordered a whiskey, there was like this pomp and ceremony that would come with a little carafe of soda water, a little carafe of water, <laughs> a, a, a cup with some ice in it. And you like, yeah. like, holy shit, like what's going on over here? This is not a beer or a shot of tequila. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, and, and people would look at you like, what are you drinking, old man? You're like, I'm 17. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't even know. I didn't even know what I ordered here. It would come like this. I was just like, hey, I want to, you know, I, I want to have a scotch. Was it kind of similar? 
Yeah, it was kind of similar, man. Like it, it turned out to be a bit of an event having whiskey when you know when you're young. So like when I was 20, I was like ordering a whiskey, my mates are ordering beers, and it comes in a nice glass, and you're not getting much of it, and you're just sipping along rather than just chugging. We pretty much had all those same options as well. We didn't have bells, but we had all of that shivers and yeah. There was like bells, was like the it was bells was like in all essence, you know. And I've never really dug dug into bells after that experience. But Bells was like the the cheaper one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, oh, man, I no, love Bells. When I was backpacking, I should buy Bells. Yeah, J&B was like the thing. And to think that I'm not really like a huge peated lover, like that's all I drank. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of ironic. And I remember going to Mexico when I was younger and I'm like, oh, they have J&B. They're like, oh, what a bag. And I'm like, what? They're like, oh, that's how you say J&B in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, shit. And they're like, well, you're the only one drinking it because <laughs> everyone is drinking tequila shots. And I was like, well, it's fucking even better. Keep it coming, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Mexico, you, said, you said a few minutes ago, like, so you start then event because I was drinking it on ice. I would call it the great pacer. You could keep yep. up with everyone and like, you know, really not walk out in a hammered mess, you know, like yes. everybody else was because you kept watering this thing down. Like yeah. I didn't get to the point of no ice till way later. Did, did you escalate that pretty quickly because of the flip? Like I was drinking because I just liked the taste, but not enough yeah. to actually be like, hey, I want to break this thing down in my head. Yeah, I just kept on like taking away largely because like I was cycling a fair bit and just trying to reduce the amount of sugar I was having. And then I was getting used to more used to the taste. Um, so yeah, I was doing a fair bit of like sort of um, workout stuff back then. And then I'd like the other thing for me at that time, at that age, when you're in early uni years, I wanted to get hammered a bit. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I would drink like towards, towards like sort of third, fourth year uni, I would like, um, I would drink at the same pace that they would drink a beer. So I didn't end up having like twice the amount of standard drinks, but then my, my tolerance, I was like invincible, man. Fucking. Well, I, I would do that with 50 cent tequila. Like they would have a club would have like 50 cent like on campus tequila night. And I'm like, I yeah. can have 24 of those because my yeah. stamina from drinking whiskey, <laughs> not in large volume, but it was way different than drinking beer. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I find that I'm stronger on um, on spirits than I am on, on beer anyway. And I get bloated and all that kind of stuff. It's just like, it's a better high as well. Yeah, it's so, a different um, high. I mean, you know, the reason why I never gravitated towards beer was, you know, one beer in you know, three beers out by the way of peeing. And I'm like, I don't want to go stand in the line every fucking 25 minutes to go get out way more liquid than I just intake. And I feel pretty darn good with my whiskey sitting over here. And, you know, it seems to be intriguing. I remember girls would come up and be like, what are you drinking? And they were like, whiskey, like, oh, that's disgusting. I'm like, yeah, try it. And it would be like a conversation piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good, it's a good line in. And then you're right. Like even the next day I'd feel better after a solid night on whiskey. Versus beer or wine, really. Now you, you're breaking, you're going to the next level now for the sugar intake and stuff like that. Does your whiskey selection change? Because like it wasn't until I took all of the you know, the ice and the soda and all that shit away that I realized, like, wait, this is sherry and this is bourbon gas and this is this. Like, your palate was very like, poof, there's something different here. I like that. You know, growing up in South Africa, like I was saying, you you know, those selections, there was no sherry. No yeah. one of those was sherry. You know, your grandparents <laughs> drank sherry after a meal. You know, that was your sherry if you wanted. Yeah. So, like, it was a huge eye-opener for me. Like, there was other stuff. 
i.e. single malt. Was that kind of like the same for you? Once you took away, you know, the Coke and the and the other bits and bobs, then you can really focus in on the enjoyment of that whiskey. And I think as I got older, I had more time to enjoy it rather than drinking it because the setting is obviously really important. Um, if you're drinking in a bar, you just want to get back to hanging out with your mates and stuffing around rather than drinking at home or, um, or nicer bars because you have more money, you have more time to spend yeah. in these bars. Um, so I would, um, yeah, as, as I got older, I started to have more appreciation for the liquid itself and what was actually happening. So yeah, just heading towards like like you mentioned before, like sherry finished or pork finished or or bourbon barrel straight. Like it's um that was pretty interesting to like delve a little bit deeper there and like think about what you're drinking. But I guess you think about it more because you're spending more on it rather than you know fifty yes. shots of tequila versus and, you know, you know like it's, a, it's when you switch thirty dollars tequila. I tell people it's when you switch from a hamburger to a steak. At the restaurant. Exactly. Exactly, guys. <laughs> you know, like that it's a bright you know, analogy. Like the analogy of like, you know what? Like you you the burger's good, but now you got a pot to piss it and a couple of extra bucks. You're like, I'm getting the fucking steak. That one looked yeah. really good next to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, that's that's it was interesting because there wasn't yeah. a, there wasn't a variety. Like, you know, I I came to the States when I was twenty. So I drank from like, you know, South Africa. There was no real form of ID. So if you looked tall enough or knew somebody, you could kind of get in anywhere you wanted to go. And once you were in, no one really gave a shit. They just assumed yeah. that you were of age. You know, it is what it is. That's how it was. But when yeah. I came here, you know, like I, I, I was drinking the whiskey side of it because it was the bathroom thing. And then I remember it was like, I want to say it was a Belvaney where I was like, holy shit, this scotch is good. This is different. Yeah. I think it was like a portwood. Yeah. I don't even know. Like it might have been a portwood, you know? And I was that like, sounds pretty this good. Is like this is this is different. And then, you know, you go down a rabbit hole of like, wait, what have I been drinking the whole time? I was kind of drinking like subpar. <laughs> you know, by the end of night, like subpar. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. It, but it was different. It was it was the it was a different moment. What like what stood out for you? I mean, I remember for me it was a Belvani, then it was a Glendronic. Then it was a Suntory. Then it was Mictus Bourbon. Like these are whiskeys that I had never tried. That when I tried them for the first time, I'm like, holy shit, that's different. Holy shit, that's different. Holy shit, yeah. that's different. <laughs> Where it kind of started uh, for me, I guess, well, obviously the same path as you nearly, like the Johnny Walker and the Shivers, if you wanted something different. Um, and then uh, I think it was Balvenie Double Ward as well. I think it was there. Um and uh, what was the other one? There was another one that I really liked um, at the start, and then onto Bell's when I was backpacking around the world. So I'd just um, buy bottles of Bell's and put that in my backpack. What I'm trying to think of what else I I kind of kicked off with back then, but there was some like because we like, because we never really had bourbon growing up. You never had bourbon. I wasn't a thing. Yeah. And it was you know there was Jack Daniels and Jim Beam, but you know yeah. we weren't, like that wasn't where we were going. Yeah, it kind of stayed away from that for some reason. I mean, it had kind of in in Australia it had a little bit of a um, bogan sort of reputation. It didn't really have like um, kind of looked. It was kind of looked down upon a little bit in in Australia. Um, but then I think later on, I just started trying it, and then it just everything changed. Like once I had a really good bourbon. But even though, I, like, actually, to be fair, Maker's Mark, I always loved Maker's Mark, and I still do today. 
like Maker's Mark and um, Maker's Mark sort of barrel proof. And then then obviously you go to other weeders like, you know, Weller and whatever. Even Sonoma County make a really amazing sort of weeded bourbon. Um, but yeah, like just opening my world and opening my repertoire and understanding, you know, what sherry was, what a sherry finish was or what this barrel aging does or what a rickhouse even is. Um, mm-hmm. All of that stuff was, that was, that was amazing. That was just that journey has been amazing since um since basically since we started doing that whiskey glass back in 2015 and how did how did that project come about how did the whiskey project how did that glass project come about with the two of them yeah well i kind of touched on it before but it was just a christmas present to family and friends so lila and no I- no no but, it, but how did you get like a belvani like you know i, I the christmas present oh uh, yeah okay like how how did yeah. they come to the table you know it's not like you said hey this is going into walmart it's like you no, got no, no. pretty big big guys to come with you yeah it was um i was in melbourne at a design thing melbourne in australia and the world ambassador was there he was at like just serving at the bar and just they were i think they'd done a co-sponsorship thing at the event and just got to chatting to him about like what i was thinking about for like christmas and and what i was thinking about for the design of this glass and so he he was like really keen and then we just went out for a drink afterwards um, and he just happened to be in town from Scotland at the right time. So so I just started chatting to him. He was interested in the project. And then I'd send him over prototypes and they'd go, it'd go back and forth. And um, I think it went past David Stewart as well, which is the um, master blender there. And then yeah. also while I was in town, like in my same town is um, is Starwood, where Starwood was made. Okay. So then I started talking to David Vitale and I'd have meetings with him probably every every month or two months. Um, when we were doing development um, because he was just interested in, both of them were interested in it because it was fun it was like like there was no commercial aspect to this and so we were just developing a cool glass for family and friends and they were they'd never been involved in the development of a glass before so this is like you know when when they make a whiskey they don't get to control how you consume it they they put in the no. bottle but the last sort of step which is really key as to how you smell and taste that and smell and taste their craft wasn't wasn't really in their control. So in this case, they had that opportunity to have input into into that. And so that was, um, you know, that's a blessing. Like Vitale and and Sam Simmons and and um, David Stewart, for goodness sake, like the longest serving malt master in the world. Yeah, they did it because it was fun, <laughs> and 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 so we did it because it was fun as well. So um, that's how it kind of all started, and that's um, kind of where the love came from because I got to meet. I don't know. You probably found the same, Gavin. That um, whiskey and bourbon and spirits in general is a pretty good filter on society. You, okay. you end up meeting like um, some pretty cool people, and you just cut out like the riffraff, I suppose. Well, yeah, we go straight. I mean, for lack of better words, we're able to go kind of straight to the top and where the like where the where the passion is. Not that there's no passion along the way, but like yeah, this is the person that's making it out of their heart. There's no yes. like financial side to it. You know, this is like the person that's like, hey, I don't know what they do with it or how much money they make or anything. I just show up to do the best damn job and have the most fun that I possibly can every time I do it until it feels like a job. Then I'll probably tell them to F off. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, a, it's like, it seems to be like a consistent pattern at that level of people. Like, dude, I have no idea. Financials, I don't care about any of that. I make a great point. Yeah, yeah. And that, that that's, that's kind of where we started. Like, I, I never expected this to be a business, man. Like, and where it's gone to now is like, is somewhere completely beyond where 
we ever thought it would be. Like, you know, we saw you are you are you, glo- are you global? Yeah, we're global. Yeah. Jeez. And it, and That's we didn't spend crazy. any money on advertising, man. Like in the in the in the majority <laughs> of our business, it's always been word of mouth. And that's not how a business. I, I can't even recommend oh. that to anyone starting a business. Like, it's yeah, just that yeah, because that's just like, right. what what well because you know I, I was talking to a you know in my real job my grocery I was talking to a brand this morning and they're like can any company still do it organically I'm like dude I haven't seen one in a long time that didn't spend <laughs> millions of dollars there was no yeah, until like, this afternoon no one or. <laughs> I don't even know what organic growth looks like anymore, you know, in the grocery yeah. store. Like it just doesn't, you know, it's done. Yeah. There's just too many, there's too many alpha brands out there that would just, you know, smear all over you. If you even think of trying to go organic, I'll smother yeah, you. Totally. You know, all the world's changed. So yeah, I think we were probably one of those last businesses in 2015 to, or 2016 to ever like um, come up organically. Diff- different world. And you've obviously, I mean, how many different glass expressions are there now? There's quite a few. Yeah, we have um, we have a bourbon glass, a whiskey glass, um, the gin glass, the beer glass, and the agave glass, which is our number one seller in the in the US. Uh, wow. And we have also a traveler. So there's six skews. Yes. Yeah, the number one in the US is the agave glass, and that was sold out. Like that was even sold out four months of last year, and it was still the number one. Yeah, being pretty crazy. We had an order for sixteen hundred of those like last week. Like it was just, it's a pretty crazy glass. Like, and there's nothing really like it. There's no competitors for that particular glass. So that, and then the bourbon glass. So um, that one, that one goes really well. And from people just talking to each other. We haven't really spent money on any advertising for that glass either. So I would want that to be the dedicated bourbon glass for the the bourbon industry in the future, but I just don't have the money to spend on that. We're we're a small business. We just spend all of our cash and time on research and development and then let the let the people be the advertising. But I think I don't know, I'll have to get through to people in I'll, I'll be in Tennessee next week. But um, you know, we did that development with the Russell family. We did that with um, yeah, Nick Andrea. Who did you do? Yeah, who did you do the bourbon ones with? I mean, I know you did Dave and and Vitaly for the for the whiskey. Who did you do bourbon with? So you did it with Andrea and the Russell boys. Uh, and uh, so Andrea and Dan McKee from Michters, Russ the Russell family. So they they helped out a little bit with the development of that um, Greenbrier in Tennessee, and there's one more which I'm like drawing a blank on. Yeah, they helped out, and they were more than more than qualified to like. Mictus is obviously a reasonably yeah, loud. Yeah. Back yeah, then, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah, back then, I just found a picture. Out, yeah. I posted something yesterday, Dan, from like end of two thousand and mid two thousand and seventeen was the first time I sat down with them in person at the New York office, and yeah. I'm like, man, that six years just flew. Yeah, it's insane, man. We're just getting old, dude. Yeah, and you know, but all of them having fun. I mean, it's crazy because at the end of this month, you know, I'm off to Scotland for the first time. Like I've never gone oh, there. Wow. I've been invited a million. I've been invited a million times, but I've just never pulled the trigger because, like, to be honest, like, it was more like one stop shop. And I was like, listen, if I'm going to fly all the way out there, like, I want to have an experience. And yeah. lo and behold, you know, I will be having quite an experience at the end of this month out there. You know, I, I leave I leave San Diego like on a on a Friday and I get there on a Saturday and I leave with the following Thursday and I hit four wow. pretty crazy distilleries while I'm out there. 
That's going to be a trip, man. That's going to be great. The first time in Scotland is amazing. I'm I'm super excited. I mean, obviously, I go to Kentucky multiple times a year, which is great. Like, I'm trying to get out to Japan, but like, because time is off the essence and I can't be gone that long, I need someone, not me, that can organize a real concise movement. So all I got to do is be like, (laughs) show up. (laughs) You know, I don't don't have to figure it out and the cars and all that kind of stuff. And and the cool thing is, you know, with the whole Instagram shtick and all that kind of stuff, you know, people, it's not like, hey, so, you know, Gavin Lindy showing up, they're like, oh shit, this is the guy behind Rolex Whiskey. Oh yeah, 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 let's have some fun. I'm like, all right, like mm-hmm. let's just really have some fun. So, yeah. super, Gavin, super you should come with me, that. mate. You should just yeah, come on one of my work trips. We yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got another one in November. So, uh, I've got a rum trip uh, probably in December. I'll be in Barbados. Are you doing a, are you going to be doing a rum glass? I'm assuming, yeah. I didn't say that. I didn't say that, but um <laughs> I, I mean, it makes so much sense the way there. you've cur- curated this. Are you, you know, I'll tell you something then, just being so uh, heavily whiskey focused and because, you know, the current state of the market for the investing side is very different as it was, you know, it's weird. It's a little weird right now. And I generally don't, you know, if I go out, I'm either drinking whiskey 90% of the time and then like 8% of the time I'll do mezcal. Yeah. Because it's kind of like the same thing going on with it. But now, all of a sudden, my ears are perked up to, like, wine. Because wine, like, certain years were just known for great wine. And I'm like, this is bizarre. Is, like, that, this is, like, there, is that why you're bringing this up? <laughs> no, no. I'm just, uh, no, I'm really not. I'm going like, shit, like, are you coming? Are you going to do wine next? <laughs> and champagne? So back in November, I, I didn't officially confirm anything, but... um. I'll be back in November. I'll be in, I'll be in California. That's why I'm saying you should join me then as well. Um, okay, I'm definitely. Are you doing Sonoma in Napa? Or correct. I'll be in Napa, Sonoma, and Valle de Guadalupe, which I was there like two days ago. Uh, okay. Down at Bruma and Bichi, uh, Bichi Wines. Okay. But yeah, so there's um, there's some stuff coming on the horizon. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm definitely coming with you for that. That would be yeah. It'll be good. You don't have to do anything. You just. You just need to get in the time. Enjoy. I just want. I just yeah. want to enjoy. I just want to like literally like I sat drinking this bottle of wine at this restaurant, going like, "So wait, two thousand and five Pomerol left bank, right bank. I don't know what you're talking about. This is delicious." <laughs> and the guy's like, "Oh man, two thousand and five was like the year where the fucking the sun and the stars and the moon and the rain they all work together." And I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about, but this is really good." <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing happened in Sonoma four weeks ago. My wife's like, oh, are you going to be like a drag on this trip because you don't really drink wine and you want whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. And I'm like, hey, babe, I'm coming with an open mind. Like, I just want to like experience. And I came out of there going like, like, holy shit. Like, we went to this woman's house then. Uh, she owns a brand called Rare Cat. Like, that's the name of her of her wine portfolio, of her company. Yeah. And we yeah. did a private tasting in her house. Wow. Like literally not at because she because she sources her wine from multiple places in the world, like for the wow. best, best grapes. And then like she owns land. And I like and I drank this. I'm like, whoa, wait, wait, what? This is what, you know, because like I'm trying to understand the sugars and the tannins, because previously if I drank wine, dude, my kidneys just were yelling like, don't do it. I can't break this thing down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, don't know. I got yeah. the newfound thing for that. 
Going back to whiskey, though. So obviously, yeah. in your career, you've done a lot of cool shit. And you've seen and met a lot of cool people. Did you ever, back in uni, fucking drinking whiskey, think that that would be something in the future? I was studying mechanical engineering, industrial design. I was following along the, the standard path for a career. You know, I was nearly heading towards like getting married and picket fence and a dog and two kids and all of that standard sort of life. You know, things changed. This happened and then I was living in the Solomons and then I was living in the Himalayas and blah, blah, blah. And this thing is running in the background and just continuing to grow without us really, you know, putting any water on it. So it was, um, yeah, it's just like life has, life has taken quite an interesting sort of turn and it's been quite quite the roller coaster, man. Like nothing as what I expected when I was in uni at all. I, I would be expecting right now that I, I would be living in Australia, not traveling as much as I do by, by a long shot, you know, just waiting for my annual leave and then climbing the ladder. And like right now I don't, it's it's a completely different world, and I'm I'm I don't have any regrets like as to where I've headed now in my life, and everything's been great. Like it's just, like my work is an extension of what I would do for fun anyway. It's a passion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't like the time doesn't pass. Like, it, well, sorry, the time does pass. I just don't realize it's work. So it's um yeah, it's good. I'm I'm in a very lucky position. I'm in a very I'm very thankful for where I am. Um, and it, it's not it's not just because of the work that I've done, but it's also the, you know, the people that that sell our goods for us. Just about like yeah. you know the people that talk about it. We do the work, but it's all those other people out there that um, re- like appreciate what we do. Boy, I think you you know we you, we spoke about this a little while ago with, with the guys like Dave Stewart and and Vitaly being involved. It's like they don't have control about how we consume the alcohol. Yes. So they don't know like what's going to happen. And us as the consumers, like factor out that you make the glasses and stuff like that. Just drinking the whiskey, you sometimes go like, what the fuck did they just pour my drink in? Like that is not like, because when you, because you start to try all these different things and you realize that there's so many layers to whiskey and it is different in the vessel that you are receiving it in. It just is. I mean, I think the best part that I always see at the distilleries, like especially the bourbon guys, where they put it on their hands and then they rub their hands together and sniff their hands. <laughs> but the ethanol is, I'm like, wait, like how do you do that in public? <laughs> well, first of all, you shouldn't put it on your palms. You should put it on the back of your hands. But it's interesting because now I just see it as a value pr- proposition as well. If I drink it in the lo- wrong glass, it, regardless of if we're talking about my glass or any other glass, if I drink it in the wrong glass, they serve it to me like a very expensive whiskey in a, in a shitty glass, I'm losing yeah. money drinking that. I'm not getting the full dollar value out of that whiskey. So it's just a waste. And I, I've sent back, like, I don't want to be an asshole. Like, if they don't have those glasses, if I don't see them on the shelf, then I'm not going to send it back. If I can see that there is a better vessel on there, I'm not wasting my own money. Like, I'm going to, I'm just going to get it in a, in a better glass where I can get more value out of my dollar. Well, it's so funny. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so funny because I'll go to places where I'm drinking large amounts of quarter ounces to try a lot of different whiskey. And generally, they do not have enough glasses for my, like, let's say 15 quarter ounces. So I'll yeah. be like, hey, let's go five at a time. And yeah. then you can clean three and start up the next one. And we'll just use these same five glasses. Like three <laughs> being clean, two being used. They're like, dude, I like that plan. 
we were really worried that we we're going to be washing glasses all night just to hang out with you. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> no. I also do want the experience and I do enjoy the fact that when you can let a whiskey just sit and rest for a second in the right class. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Like, agreed. And go back and revisit it, you know, a few seconds later and play around. Like there's a great yeah. bar in Portland, the Ballard Cut, where Tommy and I will literally do like rabbit hole journeys. We're like, now we're going to go down a Japanese whiskey rabbit hole and we'll try these three different ones. Now we're going to go down, you know, Highland Scotch rabbit hole. Now we're going to go back like the old, you know, Pennsylvania bourbons. You know, go down that rabbit hole. And and you don't want to like just finish it, even though it's a quarter ounce. You're like, well, I want to compare it to the other three and like actually be able to go back. Like, I didn't pick that up. Ooh, I didn't. And we're totally, as you know, we're not the normal consumer. You know, yeah. we're geeking out at a way higher level. But yeah. still, the glass is the most important part because that's how we're receiving it. Yeah, Gavin, it's like I've given this analogy before to a bunch of people to help them understand what I'm talking about. But it's like going to Le Mans or it's going to like a, a Monte Carlo racetrack and then going around that racetrack in a Corolla versus going around in a 911. It's a different experience. So if you're if you're thinking that you're going to get like the full race appreciation of this circuit in <laughs> in a shitty glass, yeah. <laughs> then good good luck to you. But you've never tried a 911. You'll never experience it in the same way unless you've tried a 911 like our our sort of glass. So um, yeah, yeah, it's horses for courses. Sometimes a Corolla is the right thing. So yeah. Now tell me something. Out of all the crazy experiences you had, are there any? One or two moments where you like pinch yourself, like I can't effing believe I'm doing this. This is pretty darn cool. Anything like stands out, like you know, <laughs> stands out. Oh, I don't know, man. I've had like I've been very, very lucky. There has been very, very blessed, blessed, been very, very blessed. Like I don't know, like yeah. down in Mexico, I was um, with the Gracia Sadios team, um, and they took me, took me around and showed me. A bunch of stuff around their sort of property and was filming there and stuff for the um, agave glass and then after all the filming we, they took us to this taco place around the corner a really really local joint with a ta- like um you know uh, do you know tacos del pastor yeah in so, san diego you know, are you kidding me Mexico, you yeah. saw you drove through the border tacos del pastor is a big thing <laughs> yeah it's a big thing so then we just went around the corner from the distillery just a local place and we just started eating tacos and like I'm eating tacos, I, I I love tacos, so I was just eating them really, like they'd bring out three and I just smash the three. And then the head distiller, he 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 was doing the same thing, and everyone else was just watching. The cameraman was there, and um, and there's some of their staff. And then it just became like me versus him, and so we we just started like just <laughs> tray after tray after tray after tray after tray after tray, and then they started bringing out mezcal from the distillery. And then that was like that. That's so. It was so much fun. I think there were some photos from the night, but I can't remember how many we ate. But it was just a ton of el pastor, and then mezcal, and then crazy music and dancing and stuff like that. So that was one of the amazing experiences that I've that I've had. Um, I mean, on the mezcal, on the mezcal tip, like I, you know, I'm so excited by these uh, by these menus expanding on the mezcal. Because it's like they're so unique, like yes. they really like keep now. Like I was at a restaurant here in Oceanside called Valle, and yep. the guy's from Valle de Guadalupe, and he just got his Michelin star. When I ate there, he didn't have it, but it was Michelin star food at that level already. He yeah. got the nod, 
but they had a mezcal list and the guy took me through it and I got like three or four different ones. He's like, well, this one's going to be like really high and like, you're going to get like a melon and fruit that out of that one. And this one, you know, you're going to get more like a nectarine. And I'm like, what? and then I'll be like, oh shit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he said, this yeah. one's like only bottled for like special events. Like we, this is yeah. a family bottle. Like they make hardly any of it. And I'm like, yeah. dude, like I, I want to like bath in this thing. Like it's so delicious. My wife's looking at me drinking like yeah, my wife's looking at me drinking her like seven glass of champagne, going like, Are you gonna be okay? I'm like, I'm in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mezcal's but amazing, yeah. man. In in combination with Mexican food, like I, I was surprised by that that level of complexity because that, that terroir, like we talk about terroir and wine, and they're talking about like sort of soil composition and weather and, and that particular crop for that particular year. But when it comes to mezcal, you're talking about like, you know, with some agaves, it'd be 30 years that you pull this agave out. So it's 30 years of complexity of that terroir going into this particular plant, sitting on this particular hillside with this soil composition and and the sun. So it's infinitely, like it's 30 times more complex when you're talking about terroir than, than any wine, like any wine in the world. So it's just, um, it's this other world, man. It's just... Um, yeah, you you've experienced it. You just talked about it. I've experienced Yeah, and then and then you know on the rum tip, you know when I go to Kentucky, I normally go over to the Huber's place. It's uh, Starlight yeah. Distillery in Indiana. Yeah, and the, you know they they're really you know they they are housing a lot of rum for a dear friend of theirs and mine, and he's got like you know a twenty three year old Barbados rum and a twenty eight year old this rum, you know, and I'm yeah. just like holy shit. Like, like, it's funny because I leave there after this amazing whiskey experience and he always gives me, like, I'll do five bottles of rum and a ton of whiskey and I always leave, no disrespect to Christian or any of the family, like, I always leave with a bottle of rum. <laughs> like, I'm just like, dude, like, that's nuts. You know, like, it's just wild. Yeah. You know, and it's it's something there because that, that to me is like, I, you know, I'm obsessed with mother nature and aging and what that yeah. does to the liquid. In whatever, yeah. and just time. Time does something different to something that is put into a beverage. It just does. So, like every country does some version of something really, really well, and finding oh, totally. that one at that level, you know, and being yeah. able to be like, oh, like, this is this is like a you know a mixture's twenty, but this is the rum version, you know, <laughs> or this is you know this is a, a Glendronic, you know. 38 year old but this is the mezcal version <laughs> like, yeah. like whoa like there's a lot of action yeah. going on here yeah totally it's man journey and and you kind of yeah. you know with the glass side you really are in the forefront because i mean you get to play and it's your job it's your business yeah it's my job I mean, yeah well we yeah, we got yeah. beyond that man we don't we don't really yeah. look just at the objectively accurate taste and smell profile like you, you can see that in that agave film. That we'll probably start doing a video for each of the glasses in the future, and then going also um, pre. But we look at like we look at culture now. So we look at you know the food, yeah. the people, the history, and um, how that fits culturally. Because all these things don't work in isolation, right? Like they're yeah. they're meant to be like scotch. If you drink an Ardbeg on the on the dock in Isla, it's quite different to having an Ardbeg in in a bar in San Diego, yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it, you could you could even swear that it tastes different, but it's the same. It's the same liquid. So the uh, the situational thing, and then being 
ingrained in the fabric of that culture whilst having like a part of that culture in the in the scotch whiskey or the mezcal or the gin or whatever um is is something that we explore now we don't just do objectively the most accurate taste of smell profile glassware in the world we do the most culturally sensitive as well so yeah i think that's that's really important to me because like yeah, you want it like when you when you drink mezcal and listen to the right music and have the right food, it 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 tastes better. Oh, it's the experience, you know. And and I think that goes. I think like you know, as us non United States individuals, like that was how. And I'm sure it's the same here. I just didn't experience it at that age, you know. But at that age, that you know, that college university level, like that was an experience. Like all of that, yeah. the music, the beach, the sunsets. You know, and like we weren't thinking of the glassware, you know, we like we would, you know, I remember we'd go watch every night we go watch the sunset, you know, like we're way too busy to do that now. (laughs) You would stop your day and go and do that. The crazy thing, but it's very experiential. And I think the fact that you're spot on with putting the, with inserting your glass into the experience, because it's a big part of it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why like. Like even our research, when we go to uh, Barbados later in the year, it would be, you know, restaurants, food, music, culture, the the people, the history, um, slavery and all that stuff down there. Um, it's 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 really important. It tells the story of rum and then you can understand the whys of rum and then also appreciate the rum in a different sort of different sort of way. So yeah, really, really keen on on that, on telling the whole story. And essentially we want the glass to disappear. I wanna really be the frame for the artwork of the the head distiller rather than being the artwork itself. Um, so that that's yeah. really quite important to me anyway and and how we kind of set up the business. It was never about making money. It was about the love of our family and friends. And in this case now in the way that the business is, it's more sort of the love of the spirit and the and those people that make that spirit and where that where they live. I had a gentleman on the other day and you know, he, he he said he's like man, like guys like Dave Stewart and Richard Patterson, like they're not. You know, when that when that era passes, I don't know what comes next. Yeah. They've been such at the spearhead of all of this, and yeah. had these like just really long-standing, amazing positions and insight and knowledge and all of that that wraps into it. Like wh- like what does the next generation look like? You know, I'm like, it's a good question. You know, it kind of, you know, got me thinking like, man, like try to spend as much time with all of these people as I possibly can while they're still here. And like, yeah. you know, like when my late grandfather was passing away, when he was getting to that age that I knew it wasn't going to be forever, I would start asking him stories about what was World War II like? What was, you know, what was it like, like seeing the first time a light bulb, you know, like no more kerosene. What was it like seeing the cars? <laughs> You know, and it's like holy shit! Yeah. Like it's so very different. He's like, he's like, yeah. There was like one guy in town who got a car. Everyone else yeah. was like still horse and buggies and and like you know bikes, but like not yeah. bikes that you see today. Like a very crude form of a bike. You know, exactly. he's like, yeah, one dude got a car because he had enough money to get a car. And then he said, like within three years, many people had cars. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's the, the same as like like the telephone AI for us. You know, the telephone. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean. I got a thing right now on my computer that every time I go on a Zoom call or a Google Meet, this AI bot joins me on the call and takes notes. And I don't even know how it did that. Like, yeah. So, so, they, so basically, it films and records the whole thing, and then sends you 
It doesn't film. It takes screen cap. summary and then it sends you. It sends you a summary after the call. That is insane. Yeah, that I have insane. no idea what I did. How I got that on there? It is, it's on. It's on on Zoom. It's on Google Meet. Because I think wow. in my Google search, I checked something at one point like test AI, and I think it just dropped this thing on the computer. I'm gonna do that from now on. Like that is a. I tell you, I had this. I had this <laughs> huge call for an hour and a half on Monday with this new, uh, br- with this new uh, relationship that I have with one of my brands, and I let the thing stay on because we've been like, this is weird, and I let it stay on, and everyone on the call, like 50 people. Got an email after with, with all the notes of the call for 90 minutes. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Does that just blow your mind? Yeah, it blows my mind because it's efficiencies of time. You, uh, you, Nobody wants to ever be the note taker. If this thing can take the notes better than you can, I'm good with that. Yeah, I wonder, is it the same jump as like going from handwriting to a print? Like, is it, is I it that anymore? I, you know, I, I, it could be. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, have you tried to write, have you tried to write cursive lately? I know mine's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, even when I write in caps, it's not like I remember I could write. And I got I'm trying to teach my kids, and I'm like, hey, I'm not a good example of writing. They're like, well, you type a lot. I'm like, yeah, I do. D, yeah, I'm out yeah. of time. I can't yep. believe we finally pulled this off. We had to get you all the way to America to get the timeline. Dude, thank you so much, man, for taking the time out and chatting. I can't wait to hang out with you. I seriously, dude, love what you do, man. Keep fucking chasing. I really appreciate it. Keep keep pushing. It's just been a it's been a truly amazing part of my journey. Watching your journey, you know, even with like the, I remember like the late Scotch Trooper, you know, like yes. seeing it all and watching it all unfold right there. Yeah, pretty darn cool. Like pretty fucking cool. Yeah, um, I miss that, man. Thank you, Dan. Dan yeah. do you, do you want to send anyone to any websites? You want to shout out any websites, Instagram, any posts? I'm I'm not I'm not much of a salesman, dude. Like um that's what we do word of mouth. But um I don't know. We have a website, denverlily.com, and just look up, you know, whiskey glass by Denver Lily and it'll it'll come up. And if you if you like it, buy it. If you don't, that's cool. I'll still have a drink with you. Oh, I'm I'm so I am intrigued by the outdoor one. I think I'm gonna grab an outdoor one because we've oh, actually been taking sold out places. Yeah, no, it's sold out until November. <laughs> it's been sold out for uh, 13 months now. Uh, but the new one is coming out in November. The new one's in November, okay. yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I appreciate oh, yeah? the time. Everybody go grab a glass when they're back in stock. You Trust me, you want that experience. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. And, you know, we'll just keep having fun here on this little passion project. And I'll keep bringing amazing guests like Denver on here that just truly are the spirit and embodiment of this passion that I'm talking about with spirits. Primarily whiskey, but even me as who I am is starting to go like, shit, I like rum, I like wine, I like mezcal, who knows? It's all about the passion. Until next time, thank you everybody for listening. When you take a time, give it a rating. I really appreciate everybody and that's a wrap.